0: Well, good morning, church. It's so good to see you uh, this morning. Um, listen, I might be the odd person in the room, but am I the only person that like I will gladly give you this hour of sleep back so I can experience later sunsets? Am I the only one? Or like, okay, like three people. Cool. Well, I will. You can gladly have that hour back. Glad to see you this morning, and I'm excited to dive into God's word together. My wife. April and I, we, uh, we started dating when she was a senior at the University of Mobile. And as graduation was uh, quickly approaching, she was, she was going through uh, this process of whether or not she was either going to, after graduation, was she gonna go to seminary, or was she going to go through the journeyman program with the International Mission Board uh, to serve in Africa. And toward the end of her senior year, she entered into the University of Mobile. They had a, a pageant every year. And she really couldn't get a clear answer either way, if she was supposed to go to seminary or if she was going to Africa. And so she, so she, tells, she tells me, if I win the pageant, then I'm going to just use that really as a sign that I'm supposed to stay here because of all my responsibilities as being the winner, so I will stay here and go to seminary. But if I lose, then I'm gonna take that as my sign that I should go to Africa with the journeyman program for two years. Um, So, I would love to tell you that I prayed with a sincere heart as I was praying for God's direction here. But honestly, the thought of her leaving for two years Going to Africa as a dating couple did not sound awesome to me. And so you might say to me, wait, are you telling me that you prayed for her not to be a missionary? And I would say to you, mind your business, okay? (laughs) That was hard. So the night of the pageant is here, and she did a great job. She did a terrific job. I, was, I had several of her friends, we were sitting together with myself, April's family. They were all so confident, oh, she's going to win, she's going to win. So she indeed makes the top 15, and then she makes the top 10, and then she makes the top five, and then they announce the top three, and she's in there. And I'm like, won't he do it? You know what I am saying? Like? Go ahead, guy. won't you do it, right? This is going to work out great for me. Second runner-ups announced. And it's not April. So it's down to her and one other person. And they announced first runner-up, April Scott. Well, she was Brock at the time, but April Brock. And I was like, God, are you serious? Like, you could have taken her out a long time ago. We could have gotten this process, but you're gonna toy with me all the way to the last second and then just pull the rug out from under me? God answered the prayer. Just not how... I desired it to be answered. This morning, uh, we're gonna talk for a few minutes on this idea of how to find lasting satisfaction. In 2007, the food product of the year in Great Britain was a new yogurt manufactured by Dannon called Lasting Satisfaction. It's one of these products that was uh, specially formulated so that you can eat just a little bit of it, but it would make you feel full so you wouldn't snack as, as much, Now, I can't speak about the effectiveness of the yogurt, seeing as I've never eaten it, but one thing I can speak about is that, spiritually speaking, we all long for a lasting satisfaction, and the Bible teaches us that we can find it. We're currently in a series in the book of Matthew that's focusing in on the Beatitudes, found at the beginning of one of Jesus' most... Um, famous sermons, the Sermon on the Mount. Now, as a reminder, these Beatitudes, they are sayings of Jesus. They are blessings of, of sorts. This morning, I want to call your attention once again to Matthew 5 and these Beatitudes of our Lord Jesus. Now, we've looked at three of them so far, one dealing with humility, one dealing with spiritual grief, and one dealing with meekness or gentleness. So today, we're going to look at the fourth, which we might summarize with the phrase spiritual desire, and it addresses the question, what are you really hungry for? What are you really hungry for? In Matthew 5, verse 6, Jesus says this, "'Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness.'" for they will be satisfied. Now, another way of saying that is happy and contented are those who are hungry for the right thing. Whoever seeks it will surely be satisfied. But how does that happen? How can you feel the deepest hunger of your life? So let me offer you three, three suggestions this morning to answer that question. And the first one is this. First, you've got to identify your need. How can you feel the deepest hunger of your life? Well, identify your need. Now, obviously, this goes without saying, but no two people are exactly alike. However, there are some things that we all have in common. And a couple of those things that we have in common is that we all, at some point, get hungry. We have that in common. At some point, we always get thirsty. We have that in common. And, and really, there's there's nothing more satisfying than eating when you're hungry or drinking when you're, you're really thirsty. Now, I've been, I've been hungry before, but I've never, like, gone hungry. In, in other words, I've never had a persistent hunger. And, and really, in, in America, probably... Very few, if any of us, have ever gone completely hungry or thirsty. We know very little about that. I mean, for most of us, the definition of hunger is, you know, needing to swing through Chick-fil-A and grabbing a number one with a sweet tea. Right? That, that's our definition of hunger for most of us, which was really mean because you can't go to Chick-fil-A today, and now it's all in your brain, right? Now, make no mistake... We're hungry people, no question. But it's not as much a physical hunger as it is a spiritual hunger. And it's something that we all have in common. Most of the time it comes out in phrases like, man, I feel so empty. Something's missing in my life. There's got to be more to life than this. You know, the Rolling Stones actually capitalized off of this idea in 1965 when they gave us a song that we could probably sing together this morning, right? I can't get no... We just sang the Rolling Stones in church. A little weird, but whatever. Bad grammar, catchy tune, right? And here's the thing. The reason that so many people relate to this is because they're looking for satisfaction, in in some cases looking for it in... The wrong places. And listen, in, in order to satisfy your need, you first have to know your need. And Jesus gives it to us here in these Beatitudes when he says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. We used to sing a song, it had the lyrics, righteousness is what I long for. Righteousness is what I need. Righteousness is what you want For me, and that's true, which is why you can't treat the issue of personal righteousness casually or carelessly because it is the significant need of your life. The biblical definition of righteousness is acting in accord with divine or moral law being free from guilt or sin. Now, many people see this idea of righteousness almost like a, a vitamin supplement that you take, right? Um, like you, you, you would take, you would just pop one ever so often whenever you get off base to get spiritually strong again, right? Kind of fight, see yourself kind of sliding off the rails a little bit, so pop one of these righteousness vitamins and you'll be okay. But the problem with that is that's not what righteousness is. You see, righteousness is a, a constant necessity in terms of living a happy, contented, fulfilled life. And listen, you can no more live spiritually without righteousness than you can live physically without food or water. you got to have it. Because whether or not you know it, there is a God-sized void in your life that only he can fill. You have been created in God's image, and a part of that means is that He has deposited in your, into your life a desire, a, a longing to know Him. The problem is, sin has robbed us of any semblance of righteousness, right? Something that you must have to be in fellowship with a holy God, which makes the gospel so much more beautiful for us, right? Like the gospel declares that God has taken steps to fill and satisfy this, deep, this deepest longing of your life. He's, he's made a way to find the righteousness that you need to be saved from your sin and to carry on a thriving relationship with a holy God. And how does that happen, you ask? Well, Paul tells us in Romans 3 when he says the righteousness is given through faith in Jesus to all who believe. In other words, to all who exercise faith in the person and work of Jesus Christ. So our deepest hunger is a spiritual hunger, one that can only be filled by righteousness, and that righteousness comes only through faith in Jesus Christ. But being made right with God is only one aspect of righteousness. You see, living like Jesus is the other. Once once God saves a person, he he places within that person a a hunger, a desire to reflect God's holiness in his or her life, to to be holy even as God himself is holy. This is one way, by the way, you know if you are a true follower of Jesus, is that if you could sit back and, and see that you have this hunger and this desire to reflect God's holiness... Blessed, happy, contented, and fulfilled. These are all, all these things are for those who are hungry for holiness. You you receive righteousness from God in order to live righteously for God. Martin Lloyd-Jones says it this way. To hunger and thirst after righteousness is nothing but the longing to be positively holy a longing and desire to be like the Lord Jesus Christ himself. So having your hunger filled begins with identifying your need. And your greatest need is the righteousness that comes only through Jesus Christ. So that's, that's step one. Now, Step number two of how, how you can feel the deepest hunger of your life is to avoid substituting junk food for spiritual food. Like, we all understand this, right? There's there's healthy food, and then there's junk food. And if you eat enough junk food, right? If you hit up Taco Bell too many times for those chicken quesadillas, or you head over to Lost Pizza and you order too many Otis's, right? Or you eat too many Little Debbie Christmas tree cakes. Like, it will not be good for you eventually, if you do it too much, can actually disease you. Potentially, even in extreme cases, kill you. And, and this is where most people miss it. Right? They, they look in all the wrong places to find things that will truly satisfy. I mean, it's not like we haven't tried. Most, most people have tried anything and everything. That, that money can buy, right? They, they've responded to the pleas of, of advertisers in the business of creating hunger within you, right? You guys have seen this. How many of us have, you've been at home and you're watching TV and, and there's an ad that pops up for a Coke and all of a sudden you're thirsty and you're going to the refrigerator to get you a Coke, right? We, we know how these advertisers work. Some of you weren't even hungry a second ago, but all you can do is think about Taco Bell and lost pizza right now. Like you're like, man, come on, Right? So we, we go out and, and we seek to fill our lives up with people and places and things in order to find this missing link. And listen, those things potentially will satisfy you for a moment, maybe even for a season. But at the end of the day, it's, it's junk food and we know it. Like it might look good, it might taste good, it might fill you up, but it's not healthy. And we know where those things are in our lives. And it might even become unhealthy for us, even dangerous. Listen, I read, I read once of a, of a plant that is actually grown in, in Australia. It's called a clover fern. And the spores of this plant are, are sometimes made into bread. The interesting thing about this bread is it, it, it contains no protein, no carbs, no vitamins. All essential things for sustaining life. So, in theory, if you lived your life eating the bread made from the spores of this clover fern, then you would indeed have your stomach filled, but you would eventually die from malnutrition. And that's what spiritual junk food will do to you it will fill you, but it will not satisfy you. It will not. Nourish you, it's, it's, just, it's just stuffing. Isaiah 55 says it this way. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen diligently to me and eat what is good and delight yourselves in rich food. Now, most people get this backwards. Most people are hungry and thirsty for happiness. But that's not what Jesus commanded us to do here, is it? He didn't command us to be hungry and thirsty for happiness. No, he didn't command us to be happy or hungry and thirsty for possessions or experiences. No, he said hunger and thirst for righteousness. You know, Jesus actually gives us a great example of what this looks like. One chapter earlier in Matthew chapter 4 when he is faced with temptation by Satan in the wilderness. Right? Those, those three temptations that, that Jesus fought through. The, the first one is that Jesus was physically hungry. And what does Satan say? Hey, turn these stones into bread. Jesus responds, this isn't where I get my food. This is, not where, it's, this is where I don't get my provision from. Jesus says no to the provision of bread or for us and our sake, any, any, whatever the world is offering to fill you up. And he's saying yes to the provision of God's word and God's will. This is a result of hungering and thirsting after righteousness because Jesus was satisfied in that. Jesus was was tempted with power and Satan says, hey, I'll give you all of this earthly power and authority if you'll just bow down to me. And Jesus claims that he will only submit to the ultimate authority God father he he doesn't crave more power he he subjects himself willingly and humbly to the ultimate power then he demonstrates the power inside of him by laying himself down to serve and rescue us this is a result of hungering and thirsting after righteousness because jesus was satisfied in that and he's He's tempted to prove who he was. Satan says, hey, if you really want people to believe that you are who you say you are, then throw yourself off this cliff and be rescued by the angels. And Jesus is saying, this is not the way. Like Testing the Lord, your God, is not the way. No to pleasing and no to performing, no to the call to create a spectacle. Yes to who he already is because his identity was secure in the Father. This is... Is a result of hungering and thirsting after righteousness because Jesus was satisfied in that. So don't pursue fleshly happiness, pursue righteousness. And the ironic thing is if you pursue righteousness, you will find happiness. And when you pursue righteousness, you should seek after it with your whole heart. You know, the idea behind the Greek word hunger here is starvation. Blessed are those who are starving for righteousness. Uh, There's nothing casual or flippant about that. There's implied a a longing, a desperation for God to hunger for the things that God says are important. You know, and one one thing that I've noticed in, in my life personally is that the more I chase after the Lord, Like the the more time that I spend in his word, the more time I'm engaged with him in prayer, the more that I do these things, the more I hunger for them to want more of them. The more I'm in his word, the more I want it, right? Now, this is what I think of when I read Psalm 42 that says, As deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. And there was, a, there was an article once in the sports section of USA Today about um, Erin Buescher, Buescher, who was a, a three-year standout basketball player for the University of California at Santa Barbara. She led, during her career, she had led the team to three straight bursts in the NCAA tournament, and she had won the Big West Conference Player of the Year three straight years. But according to this article in USA Today, she hungered and thirsted for much more. Listen to this quote. This is from from Aaron. She says, I was just yucky inside. I felt like I had gotten to a place where I really wasn't happy with who I was. I felt dry inside like a desert. Like just dead. Like nothing spiritual was going on inside of me. Then in September, practically... Overnight, she decided what the void was. And so she packs up her bags. She, she left the school. She left her award-winning career. And she headed into the mountains to the Master's College, which is a Christian school noticed, uh, located about 30 miles north of L.A. And there, she says, the hole inside her had been filled by God. And listen to this quote. I've been blown away with what the Lord is doing with me. It's not some emotional high like a roller coaster, but it's real. I feel like I'm changing every day. The Bible and the Lord are coming alive to me like they never have before. I know when I'm in the Bible every day that I'm being fed. I feel alive. I feel like I'm learning so much. I'm being filled with the Spirit. I love that quote in there that says, I know when I'm in the Bible every day I feel like I'm being fed. And listen, complete moment of transparency here for you guys. Like the times in my life that I have found myself more irritable, more irritable towards just life in general, more irritable in my home with my wife and my kids, the times where I have just felt the most frustration in life can always be pointed back to me not spending enough time in this. It can always be pointed back to me not spending enough time in prayer, trying to do things in my own understanding, not leaning into the understanding of the Lord. Every time can be pointed back to me sacrificing time in this for something else. And listen, maybe what some of us, me included, need to do, like Aaron, is to go on a fast, right, to get off the the wrong food and to get back on the right food, like you get off a diet that revolves around the wrong people, the, the, the wrong movies, the wrong TV shows, the wrong music, the, the wrong books and, and start a, a new steady diet of righteous living that centers on the Word of God that that centers on prayer, that that centers on, Fellowship with other believers that, that centers on worshiping with, with God's family, like that's going to be a diet that will lead to growth rather than starvation every time. So to recap, the secret to satisfaction begins when you identify your need and then avoid spiritual junk food and then finally this, trust Jesus alone to satisfy. Trust Jesus alone to satisfy. Jesus said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. The word translated satisfied is is used to describe the fattening of of cattle. In other words, feeding until they want no more. And that's the way it is with Jesus. Like our job is, Is to seek. His job is to satisfy. And when you seek him with your whole heart, you will find him. And when you find him, he will fill you up. Jesus says that in John 6. He says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. That, that verse is filled full of, of emphatic negative. Jesus is basically saying, whoever comes to me will by no means ever go hungry and by no means ever thirst, never. See, we live in a, in a nation and in a day and time where so many people have every physical thing they need in life and then some, the finest of everything. And yet for so many people, It's still not enough. I read this in an article this week that a normal mesquite tree in West Texas drinks 55 gallons of water every day in the summertime. Every day. Do you know how this tree dies? When it stops drinking. When it stops drinking. And it reminds me of the story of Jesus and the Samaritan woman at the well, right? When Jesus is telling her that the bread and water that Jesus gives will never run out. He says this in John 4, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And this is the great paradox of the Christian life, isn't it? You're hungry and you're thirsty, yet you're filled. And the more you're filled, the more hungry and thirsty you become. It's this continual cycle that goes on and on until one day he finally and forever feeds us till we want no more. Now, here's the bottom line. If there's a hunger In your life beyond something this world can offer. You need to know that only Jesus can satisfy that. Only Jesus can satisfy that. People can't satisfy it. Sex can't. Money can't. Houses, land, career, straight A's. That void in your heart is shaped like a cross. And only Jesus can fill it. The good news is he's already made the first move for us. Right. All you need to do is open the door and invite him in. We're told this in Revelation 3. Behold, I stand at the door and I knock, and if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. April indeed ended up going to Tanzania uh, in Eastern Africa for two years. And can I tell you something this morning, as honest as I can be? Neither she nor I would trade that time for anything in the world. You see, it was during this time that, you know, personally, she and I developed communication skills for our relationship that has real, really has served us well all the way up to this point. You know, that kind of happens when you're only talking for 10 minutes a week. Um, we talk a lot now, probably too much. But we learned how to effectively communicate with one another. But it was also during this time that I proposed to her on the Indian Ocean, Beat that, boys. <laughs> but listen, just as important. It, it, was, it was during this time that, that I had the, the, the privilege of, of leading some mission teams from our home church over there. And it was during this time that, that God developed um, our hearts for foreign missions and the urgency to, to have our yes on the table and being ready, ready to go when God says Go. It was also during this time that that we saw many people walk from death to life as they entered into a relationship with Jesus. And it was also during this time that we had the joy of serving a local orphanage that God planted the seeds of our own personal adoption of Merrick. Listen, you see, my personal desires didn't happen like I wanted But God did something so much better when I shifted my desires to hungering and thirsting for His plans, hungering and thirsting for His righteousness. So, as we close this morning, I ask you this question What are you hungering and thirsting after? Are you empty this morning? Like, why don't you stop trying to do it your way and do it the way that you were designed to hunger and thirst for righteousness? Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they will be satisfied. And Father, that is our prayer this morning, that we would be a people who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And God, may we be a people, Lord, who seek out forgiveness for times that we have hungered and thirsted for things that are outside of that righteousness. God, I thank you. I thank you for your son Jesus. And Lord, I pray for every person in this room this morning, Lord, who may be here and have they've never answered. They've never opened the door, Lord. They know you're knocking, but they've never invited you in, Lord. May first and foremost, may they come into that relationship open that door this morning but for the rest of us Lord who are here and would say you know, I've given my life to Jesus but I am I'm not where I need to be Lord I am, I am searching and hungering and thirsting for things that are just inevitably leaving me empty God I pray that they would have a boldness Lord to confess that to you this morning and commit for righteousness. And so God, as we take these next few moments just to pray alone, just us and you, Lord, may we be diligent to confess and speak to you now, Jesus. Father, help us to be people who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And it's in the powerful name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. So we're going to wrap up here in just a second. But if there's anything that we can pray for you with, uh, myself, some other pastors will be down front, would love to pray with you. Um, Before we dismiss this morning, though, I want you to pay attention to the video screens just for a few moments.